Hey Pride fam, get ready for another episode of Pride the Podcast. Featuring special guests, wellness entrepreneur Jessamine Stanley and co-hosts of Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan, Ryan Mitchell. So grab you a hump day treat and take a little time to hang with Pride. Hello. Hello! Welcome back to another episode of Pride the Podcast. <laughs> I thought you were going to do it with me. Pride the Podcast. Pride. Brought to you by our special friends over at Rehab Entertainment. Hey I'm Adam Andrew Rios. I'm Ashley Mitchell. And I'm Darrell Anthony. And we are missing one of our co-hosts, Mr. Braden Bradley. She is out on location. <laughs> she is gathering intel. <laughs> and she is going to report back to us next week. Right, okay? right, right. Can't wait to have her back. Hey, girl. Back. So how have you guys been doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. I mean, you know, same old, same old. Um, same shit, different day. You've been working. I finally have gotten back to work. Mm-hmm. Um, Good. Yeah. Uh, we're, it's, you know, startup. That's all I gotta say. Start up, you know. It's fresh it's, off the pandemic, it's, right? It's one thing after another, after another. But I'm excited. No, it's like great. I'm excited to uh, get it, like get, going, get, get the ball going. rolling, right? Because mm-hmm. right now it keeps we keep running into hurdles and we keep running into like bullshit. And yeah. it's like, let's just work. And but I y'all mean... have strong leaders over there. Me, thank you. <laughs> yes, Adam's a strong leader. Um, so, numbers are spiking, y'all. Numbers are spiking. I mean, and that makes me nervous because they're in Brooklyn and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm working in Brooklyn, but like our neighborhood is okay. But yeah, I mm. mean, we knew this was happening though. Dr. Fauci did tell us that going into the fall, winter, we were going to start to see a spike. So everyone needs to do what they can out there. Wear your mask, keep your distance. Wash your hands, wash your ass, mm-hmm. do all the things you all should that. be doing. But most importantly, make sure you're registered to vote. November third is we got like, what twenty two days now. Uh, twenty one or twenty? I don't do that. Um, but <laughs> you don't. <laughs> but make sure you're out there and you're registered to vote. Listen, it's all about making sure you vote for your best interest. And it's not just a presidential election that's up for grabs. You, we have Senate seats. We have a lot of things going on. Your local. Voting matters the most, so please be out there and vote. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned, you know, vote with your heart and vote for who you feel the best represents you or all Democrats, right? However, <laughs> you saw the guy. Oh God, what is, I? His name just escaped my mind. He had the red sweater on at the Hillary and um, Trump debate, like one of the very first ones they did. He uh-huh. was like an undecided voter. In oh, yes, he's still undecided, right? Well, he was still undecided, but then he like uh, did his vote for the Libertarian. So it was like, bruh, what are you doing? I mean, that's like just voting like for that, Kanye. Just like that sweater, he needs to change his vote. And I... Too late, she already did it. Yeah, she's already did it, but listen... Everyone out there, please, like, listen, a lot of people are very scared coming into this election. People of color, people that are LGBTQ, 
people that are women, we're all scared coming to this election. So please vote with your heart, vote mm-hmm. with love, and let's try to find a way to get this country on task. And the people who might be running on a Democratic ticket may not be who you wanted, but listen, we got to figure out a way to get this country together. And even Cindy McCain said earlier on The View this week, this isn't the people that everyone may have wanted, but it may be the people to get this country back on task. And that's the whole point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we ran off the railroad there for a minute. Oh. Running off the rails on a crazy train. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love that. to hear it. Right. Okay. On a lighter note and a spookier note, Ooh. like how's y'all spooky season going? Great. What, what are we watching? What's the hot goss? What's the 411? So we started <laughs> The Haunting of Bly Manor. We did. Y'all, it's, it's okay. Great. It. So someone online called the talking of Bly Manor because they were like Ooh. they just do a lot of talking. A lot. And, but here's the thing: sometimes the most scariest shows have a lot of background to it, and it's the things that you don't see or you a lot may of have a question. Yeah, yeah, that that may question. Um, it's been going good. We're Ashley's watching, been in charge of our um, spooky season, kind of figuring it out. Lovecraft Country. Yes. One of the craziest, is, like, spookiest. Yeah. Like, it's the craziest show I've ever seen. It's like, really for fucking sure. crazy. Yeah. Um, but all the, like, double themes and, like, uh, just the cinematography and everything, it's... It's really good. I mean, it's freaky, and you got to be along for the ride. Yeah, you got to suspend your belief a lot, which is great because it's sci-fi. Like, right? You know. But well, we're having a good spooky season. I hope Mm -hmm. you're all out there having a spooky season, and I hope our next special guests are having this extra special spooky season. (laughs) We have wellness entrepreneur Jessamine Stanley and the co-host of Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. Ryan Mitchell. Woo! So stay tuned and we'll be right back. All right. Welcome back. We have our special guest with us, wellness entrepreneur, Jessamine Stanley. Thanks for having me, y'all. How's it going today? How are you? Fabulous. How are you doing? Doing well. Good. You know, I am doing my best to thrive in Donald Trump's America, and there are days when it is is a struggle, but that is life, and I'm out here, I'm making it. You know what I mean? I hope the same for y'all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Take it day by day. (laughs) Day by day, minute by minute, hour by hour. Yeah. Michelle Obama said, it is what it is. It is what it That's is. What she, you know what? Exactly. That's exactly right. And Michelle said it. Yeah. Where are you right now, Jessamine? We're in New York City. Where are you quarantining? Ah, I'm based in Durham, North Carolina. So I am in, it's like one of the most, it's one of North Carolina's brightest blue spots, but it's definitely like a... There's a vibration down here for sure. That's <laughs> amazing. I, I feel you. So I went to college in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Okay. You know Spartanburg? Okay. <laughs> Hell yeah. My family okay. is from the North Carolina, South Carolina border. What? Are you from the South? That's a very... Um, so my dad was in the military. So oh, cool. I was born in Germany, moved all over the place. But my parents are both from the South. So like, I feel like my roots Hell are yeah. in the South. And then they live in Texas now. So I kind of cling Texas. So... Yeah, but I went to school at Converse College. 
Hell yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, like, people think that North Carolina and South Carolina are the same thing unless yeah. they're, like, from this area. And, right. and even with that, like, I'd go to the places that I know in South Carolina. So I'm not going to front like I've, like, spent a lot of time in Spartanburg. But, I mean, right. I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, I'll, it's like, the yeah. size of, like, a teaspoon. <laughs> no, it, yeah. <laughs> it's a thing. Okay. I mean, we're all from Texas as well. Yeah. So. Okay. We seem to... Yeah, we always seem to find one another. Find Texans, find Southerners. The, yeah, are y'all from the same part of Texas? No. no. Like, so I'm from East Texas. Um, okay. Adams West. Mm-hmm. And Ashley said, where, what is San Antonio? South. I would East, say South. Like South yeah, very interesting. Southeast. 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 Well, yeah. Something so, like that. so, yeah, Adam and I met in college and mm-hmm. we like went to junior college, university together. Hell yeah. Then yeah. we said, let's go to New York. Oh, and then Brayden, who, uh, our co-host who's not here today, he went to college with us and we all moved to New York together. And then- Oh, I love that. And now y'all are here creating, mm-hmm. like showcasing our community for the world. Yeah. I love that. We y'all literally go the fuck together. off. Yeah. 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 And I, I just joined the clan and I was like, hey, that's I'm right. Here. That's y'all got room for one more? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, mm, maybe. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, definitely. You know you love me. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, she, she, she's okay. She's good people. So, <laughs> Jessamine, tell us, how did you become Jessamine? How did you get started? Oh tell God. us about yourself. Like, we want to know everything. Yes, give listeners. us all the tea. <laughs> you know, I really, I have always been just, like, kind of a weird person like I've always been into things that other people are not really that into and I definitely spent a lot of time alone as a child like I didn't really have friends until I was in like until I was a little bit older and when I made friends that's when I learned about um, trying to fit into boxes like trying to be liked and accepted by other people and so during my like high school and college, I definitely struggled a lot with my body and with my, um, with my, with my identity overall. I mean, like, it's, it's ironic that I'd be here talking to actual queer, queer people, um, about fucking, like, cause I mean, I feel like I, I've been in this constant state of evolution, like from, from my coming out to like trying to own my body and trying to just like stand in what it means to, to really be me, regardless of what anyone else thinks of that. But when I was in graduate school, <clears throat> I was going through a period of pretty intense. I mean, it was, I, I have a book, Everybody Yoga. I talk about all this in much more detail, so I'm not going to go into that much detail here. But basically, if you've been 23, you know what was up. It was like, who am I? What's going on? And, <laughs> where am like, I? Literally, where am I? And, um, I, just, I don't know how I got to this place where I'm doing these things, and I don't know. So um, one of my really good friends at the time, she was like obsessed with Bikram yoga. And she was like, oh my God, you should go to yoga. It's going to totally change your life. And I was just like, I'm not doing that shit because I had actually tried <laughs> yoga once when I was in high school and just absolutely hated it. Like it was one of the worst experiences. And so when she was like, come to yoga, I was like, absolutely not. But she convinced me because they had a Groupon pass running at the time. So I was Girl. like, well, so, you know, it'll get you caught up at Groupon. Very much that. <laughs> but I was like, you know, maybe I, I'll get this pass. Maybe I go one time. That's fine. But um, I, so I went, and I mean, it was a deeply alienating experience. Like I was 
frequent, more often than not the only fat person, usually the only black person. And um, it was very much like, I don't, and it also seemed like everyone else had rehearsed it beforehand. And like, I was just showing up not knowing what to do. And <laughs> oh, I hate that. Not rehearsed. <laughs> and so I would get into these cycles of thought of like, I'm not good enough. Why did I even try to do this? Like, I should not have even showed up. And I, in Bikram Yoga, um, you're facing mirrors. So I'm staring in, at myself in the mirror, which is another thing that I've like actively avoided for most of my life is looking at myself in mirrors. And so I'm just looking at myself and I was like, <clears throat> okay, so you can spend this whole 90 minutes being pissed at yourself for not being different, mm-hmm. or you could just try, you know, and maybe you fall down. Maybe everyone in here is going to see you fall down. Maybe they're all going to know immediately that you don't know what you're doing. Maybe the teacher is going to see, oh my God, like, but you could still just try. And that small idea, it seems like a pretty small idea, but um, for me, it was really transformative because I didn't realize how many parts of my life I wasn't trying it, where I, I wouldn't try at all. I would be like, I think I'm not going to be good at this, or I think I, I can't compete. So why not? Why even bother? And it really woke me up to how much of my life I was putting inside of boxes. And so what what ended up happening is that I was very miserable in my current situation. And so I was like, I'm just going to leave grad school. Technically, I'm still on a leave of absence from grad school. And I was like, (laughs) I'm just going to go and I'm going to move to Durham where I live now. And I'm just going to start over. And um, initially, I didn't have, I mean, I didn't have a place to live. I didn't have a job. And so I was really just focused on like trying to find housing. And I was like, had all my shit in my car. And I was with my partner had this very tiny apartment and we were like sharing a twin size bed for a while and then um during that time while we were trying to get settled a bunch of stuff happened like um I I talk about it more in the book but just uh, people who I love very much passed away and um, I found myself slipping back into the place that I've been in before I started practicing yoga and um by this point, we'd moved into a little apartment that I definitely couldn't afford to practice yoga in studios. And the only reason that I'd been able to afford it before is because I had a, uh, eventually had a scholar, well, like a, a work study at the studio so that I could mm-hmm. help clean the studios, but I could practice for free. But when I moved to Durham, I couldn't find any opportunities like that. And I was like, I don't, can I just practice yoga at home by myself? And it just got to be like, I found myself spiraling in mm-hmm. such a way where I was like, I just got to do something. And mm-hmm. I had my dad's old Pilates mat and I would just push all the furniture out of this one corner of the room and roll out my mats. And I knew these, the Bikram sequence has very limited number of postures, but I knew um, a few of them and it was like eight poses that I felt comfortable practicing myself. And I just would do that and it just became my medicine. And it, it's something that even to this day, I find myself retreating to yoga for the exact same reasons that I always have is that I have, I just need to take my medicine. <laughs> like if, if a doctor could prescribe it, they would have prescribed it for me. And so I've 
I was practicing and I was sharing my practice on social media just because I wanted to feel like I was a part of a bigger community. Mm -hmm. And I had people reaching out to me from all over the world, like, come teach me, come teach me. And I was like, bitch, why do you need me to come teach you? Like, literally, <laughs> there are thousands of yoga teachers. So yeah, I, was like, right. I had no, no interest in being a yoga teacher. I would recommend teachers that I like and online resources that I was using. And still people would be like, come teach me, come teach me. And so I was like, okay, I'll go to training. But it even that, I mean, like, I couldn't afford to go. I'm in debt for a grad school degree that I have to finish. So I was like, right, how right. am I going to go to a yoga teacher training? And um, by this point, I had had some press mentions and my father, who up to this point has given nary a fuck about this whole thing. He was like, he told me that dropping out of grad school was the worst decision of my life. Like every day, it was just like, when are you going back to grad school? Like, what is, what is your plan? And um, he was like, yoga, what are you, I don't, I don't care about this. Like, what are you talking about? And so one day yeah. though, we were talking about it and he was like, well, uh, your mom told me about this. I guess I'd been in, let's say it was people. I can't remember, but I'd been in some press thing that he respected. It was, he was like, okay, people, I've heard of that. So he's like, well, what are you going to do about this? Are you going to become a teacher? And I was <laughs> like, no, nah, I can't really afford it, blah, blah. And then he was like, well, how much money does it cost? And I was like, $3,000. And he was like, okay, well, if we could help you find that money, would you go? Because it seems like this is something that you need to do. Aww. And I was like, if this bitch is saying that I need to do it, that's the universe. Because I cannot overstate. Like, my father does not care about social media. He's not care about yoga. And But I really think of myself so much as, like, before that experience and after that experience. Because after... <clears throat> After my training, I came to really understand why there needs to be so many yoga teachers and really why everyone should teach to some degree, because there is a, there's this practice, it may not, the way that I understand it may not resonate for everybody. And for many people, it won't. It'll be too loud. It'll be too, uh, too much profanity, too much farting, like whatever the thing is. They're too, I'm too fat. You know, there's all these different things. It's not farting. But it might have lots of, that's, we come back to it, but yes. But, um, but I was like, but it could reach one person. Right. And if I could help one person find compassion for themselves, even if it's just by like, I, I'm not really doing anything other than holding space for you to just be yourself. Even if that is the extent of it, then that feels like a worthwhile mission. And so everything from there, like being a, a wellness entrepreneur is really just trying to reach every person who has asked me to teach them. And so I have, I used to keep a literal list of all the places that people have asked me, but at this point I'm like, it's just, it's everywhere in the world. So just maintain that. And, you know, there's not everyone will come into a yoga class and so that's the reason to write books and have podcasts and, mm -hmm. and do different types of projects because it is a practice that I think is much bigger than these postures. And, and ultimately, I think that if we all lead from compassion and if we all can forgive ourselves, then we can live in a happier world. Yeah. Wow. Amen. I was all very inspired. Did that answer your question? <laughs> I honestly got a little tear, a little, little teared up on that. Something you say, oh. I, I want to say this before. Uh, I know I asked the question, but for me, 
we have been in spaces so many times, something you said earlier about being probably the only Black person in the space. And we have had to, I think the reason that that pressure is there is because we're always competing with what our ancestors have told us and what our elders have said and said, mm -hmm. you have to be better than the people in the room. And mm -hmm. so we're in a constant battle. We show up and it's like, that's why it seems like they rehearsed. Hell, they probably did. And we <laughs> you know, literally. They probably did because their goal is like, they're after us as much as we need to be better than them. And it's that to me hit me in a place where it's like, it's so true. You show up and it's like, all right, I'm the only black person in this room of white people. Cool. The only gay. I are the only gay. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you know what? I need to, either they're going to want me to perform for them yeah, or exactly. mm -hmm. I need to step up and be as equal or better than them so that way we can be on the same playing field. So that's, that's very profound. I, yeah. I'm so glad you said that. I mm -hmm. feel that so deeply and I just just to add one thing there I feel like even as a um, I think probably one of the bigger things for me now as a fat practitioner is really standing in the fact that like I don't need to prove my presence as a practitioner I think that there's something that happens where people see a fat teacher and they're like what what's she gonna do how how could you be teaching something something athletic you know and and I think that I have a chip on my shoulder that more than anything, I just want to like fully acknowledge and be like, hey, Chip, we're here together. Like, I've thought that I have to prove my identity, to prove myself, and we're just going to let that be there. And then maybe over time, can start releasing it. But I feel you. I yeah. feel you it just goes to show you, though, it's like representation matters. So much. It's so much. It really does. Like you, you see one person that looks like you. It's like great, perfect, wonderful. <laughs> I know. I okay. Cool. 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 Mm -hmm. cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I. Jasmine, I have to say, like, you are definitely very inspirational. I, I relate to you so much. I remember when your picture of you doing yoga poses start circulating social media. I was just like, who is this fierce woman? And <laughs> How can I be just like her? Yeah. Like, no, no oh, joke. Man. And totally. I, so many things that you're saying I can relate to. Like, uh, I struggled, like, with my weight my entire life. But I've also always been very active. I was mm -hmm. a cheerleader. I did totally. Um, you know, I would work out. And I would still always be a big girl. <laughs> like, yeah. And I mean, like, right now I got a little quarantine weight. I could do something right now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's like, but everybody, you know, is kind of dealing with like whatever is happening for them at that time. And I've yeah. always said, I mean, like weight loss is not complicated. Like people, people look at me like, uh, did you know that, um, like, do you do yoga for fitness? And I'll be like, bitch, you can lose what literally it's like <laughs> caloric intake and exercise. But yes. my thing is like, I love macaroni and cheese and I don't feel like mm -hmm. me and macaroni and cheese need to break up because I also enjoy exercise. <laughs> like I, love to, I like, my thing is like, I want to exercise so fucking hard and then hit the golden crowd buffet. Like it has never seen. We're eating macaroni and cheese tonight. <laughs> tonight. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's, what I like, that's my specialty too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Southern <laughs> classic. A, a classic. It really is. <laughs> but no, on the serious though, like it, you've definitely been very inspirational, and like I, I go through ups and downs, but definitely you put me on a high and inspired me to like keep going because I'm like, you know what, I can do this. I know I was a cheater. 
I played softball and like I can't always put myself in a fat box and I used to do that mm -hmm. like I used to not wear shorts for years because I was like my legs have too much cellulite and it's not cute so you can't wear shorts Ashley but it's like no the fuck I can literally and bitch, I know somebody wanted. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's the thing about it. And like, it's so funny to me because we're coming into this age where like, I think that people are just being more honest about who they are sexually attracted to. Because I'm like, bitch, everybody has always wanted to fuck fat people. It's just the thing. Like you everybody has. Everybody, everybody wants to fuck that bitch. Everybody <laughs> does. And it's like, you don't, it's, I think that society pushes so hard, like mainstream media pushes so hard this idea that like, that that's disgusting. And it's, you know, you want to scare people away from sexualizing by being like, it's, it's unhealthy and it's dangerous. And the reality is that we're just all out here enjoying ourselves and living our lives. And I do think that there's something, my thing is like, I don't know how you can care, how you can take care of your body if you don't, you're not given the, uh, the option to love your body, to really just like care about it. Because if you are thinking that you're like taking care of your body by exercising obsessively and worrying about your diet, that's disordered eating and disordered thinking. It's not right. about yeah. taking care of your body. And I'm like, bitch, you can be, you can live your life and do whatever you want to do and still be fat. And like you can go out yeah. and literally do anything at any point. Yeah. But I mean, it's the same thing that I think it happens with any marginalized body that you're told that like, this is the box that you're allowed to be in. And if you, if you want to step out of this box and you're going to need to change something about what's happening in the box, but yeah. I'm just not here for that. Yeah, yeah. It's so true. And I mean, the people that put us in that box, it's like, do you, you know how people say, you care what someone's doing behind the closed doors or who you really care what my body look like. Like you really care. Like you, you say, oh, well, I don't want you to be sick. Like the things that I've mm -hmm. seen people say to Lizzo online, oh you really God. give a fuck what Lizzo's <laughs> body is doing. Right. Like you, you care that she's twerking and you, and it's like, so she's twerking and you're offended by that. Why? Because if you wouldn't be offended if it was Beyonce, whom I love. You wouldn't right. be offended if it's Jayla, whom I love. Yeah. You wouldn't be offended if it was Britney Spears, if she could do that, whom I love. <laughs> So like, <laughs> yeah, she could do that. So oh, definitely concerned about her Instagram. Oh, free but, Britney. Yeah, free Britney. Yeah, oh, literally. But it's like, it's, it's like I would rather people the same way I would. <laughs> right. I would, <laughs> I would rather people be honest and say. If you're racist or you're homophobic, say that. If you're fatphobic, just say that. Just say that. Don't, don't try to put it around literally. this whole like, oh, well, I don't think, I don't want to see that on social media, but you wouldn't care if it was some of these skinny, honestly, white bitches at this point <laughs> dancing around <laughs> social media. So it's like, uh, be clear about it. It's so interesting to me. And what, what you said about um, Beyonce and J-Lo, I was thinking like, damn, now. But I remember back when J-Lo first, when at that dress at the, maybe it was the Grammys with the green dress that was yeah. like two stars mm -hmm. put yeah. together. And everybody had so much to say about her curves. And Beyonce, I think, has always had like somebody on it's her the way to her body. Yeah, she's always been like very thick. And I think that there is a, 
I mean, even, I thought she did a really good job of talking about her own uh, struggle with self-hatred in that, uh, the the homecoming documentary when she was talking about how like she had dieted so hard to get back to her weight, her pre-baby weight, and that she was like, I wouldn't do that again. (laughs) Like that was, that was acceptable. Never. Why did she, man? Yeah. Oh yeah. It was the cayenne pepper pepper diet. Oh yeah. Yeah. We did that. We attempted. Yeah. We were mad (laughs) by the end of the day. I don't think we we (laughs) We lasted like maybe like four or five days. Yeah. You think I did? Um, oh. uh, <laughs> you I did cheat. I was speaking off the McDonald's getting the chickens and McDonald's Terrell. Uh, not even like falling off. And we'll be and we'll be right back. I'm sorry, the producers are in my ear. I can't hear anything. Um, not even a salad. You said I'm going all the way. I'm so sorry. It's my interview question. Um, so, um, but on a on a note, Justin, um, you speak of letting go of fear, um, which is very very important. How important do you feel that is with the current pandemic and everything that's going on? And not just the pandemic coronavirus, but the pandemic against people who are LGBT, mm-hmm. people who are Black. You know, mm-hmm. all three are trying to be silent. How, how do you feel about that? People who are Indigenous, people who are, di- I mean, just like every kind of thing. If you are different. And, um, you know, I feel like we have so much power in the struggle. I feel like there is so much to be gained from what we have been trained to believe are negatives. Like every time that someone has made you feel bad or every time that someone has actively oppressed you, every time that someone has swung a microaggression at you, the fact that you stay standing and can bear that scar and like are strong in the face of that shit, that is power. That is like, it's kind of a limitless power. And it definitely, I think, makes you more powerful than any force that could try to oppress you. And I mean, this coming from someone who sits in Cancerian emotional like waves all day where I'm like, how do I feel? I don't know. All I'm a cancer too. And it's like, really? <laughs> yeah, cancer sun? Cancer- June 29th. Okay, June twenty seventh. June twenty seventh. So you know what's good then. I know. They, I'm tired of people posting memes about cancers being sad. It's like, yeah, you know what? You I'm sorry. You're like, oh, you're so sensitive. I'm sorry I fucking have feelings. I don't know what you want me to tell Literally, you. Really? I'm like, look, Sagittarius and Aquarius. It's not my fault that you right. don't know about how to process your feelings. You got right. what, what are the other sun signs that are in the space? I'm just curious right. now. It's a few of them that are like angry all the time. Sagittarius are always upset. What is so. Leo? I'm a Leo. <laughs> Leo, okay, heard, heard, fire ass. And who, what, what's going on in the, I'm a in the middle? Scorpio, okay. So you are the vindictive, wild, crazy one. Got it. So, but I love this, y'all. Okay, no, yeah. So, Cancer understands though that it's like you're just like feeling a lot of different things, and it'll feel like the fear is too much. Like it's, like it's too big. And I think that just allowing that fear to be there, especially when there's just so much uncertainty. And like, Mm -hmm. I actually think that the uncertainty is what is scarier than anything else. It's like, wow, I don't, I just really don't, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I had no idea this is what October 2020 was going to look like. Like, so I'm like, at this point, there has to be a place where we're just accepting that 
uncertainty is the, that God has changed, that everything, un, we, there's never anything that is certain. And so if we can like just sit in that and be like, okay, so I don't know what's coming next. I can't predict anything. The whole thing could come crashing down tomorrow. Okay. It's, it's like you just accept it and it's like, okay. But I mean, I do think that people are getting buck wild now, like in terms of the, the way that tribalism is like really starting to become more apparent. I do think that we're in a time where like, <clears throat> excuse me, it's understandable to be genuinely concerned for your safety. And yeah. I mean, to that, I'm just like, we're all, I take comfort in the fact that I'm not in it alone and right. holding my loved ones as close as I can to me and trying to tell them that I love them when I can and really enjoy the smiling when I can and try to get outside as much as possible and, mm -hmm. and really just try to like let that be the through line because ultimately it's going to get a lot worse before it can get better if it's All getting right. better. I have and said that multiple times. Yeah. You know, it's like um, it's just happening and it's fine. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, actually, Jessalyn, I, I think it's just actually reminding me. So today I was reading on Condé Nast and it was, there literally is a site, it's written by a Black woman, which is great, like an article, but it's telling you to save places for Black people to be right now. Yeah. And it's literally like the Green Book and it's literally like, these are places that are safe to be. These are places that may not be safe to be at this time. Uh, this is, and I'm just like, wait, we're in that place? Like, 2020. <laughs> like, wait a minute now. Yeah. Wait a minute. So are y'all in y'all are in New York or LA? Where y'all? New York. New York. New York. That's right. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, honestly, I don't know where they were doing this uh, nouveau green book, but I, I mean, I'm curious if they got a Durham version because honestly, like, shit is crazy. Like, people yeah. are. You know, one thing I've always appreciated about the South, though, is that I think there is so much less coding to the language. Like, people are just. If people are going to be racist, they're just going to be racist. And right. they're not trying to convince you otherwise. But right. <laughs> especially in New York, that shit is coded as fuck. And it's like, people will be yes. like, I couldn't be racist. What are you talking about? Uh -huh. and, and I think also there's a lot of like, I mean, particularly within, I think that the worst transphobia is happening in the queer community so i'm like it's all of us needing it. To really it's it's got to be all of us taking care of each other and i think yes, that until we see that if one person is aching then everybody is aching until we can really stand in that i don't know how it's going to get better mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean that's my yeah. issue <laughs> yeah I, I just want to uh, touch on your bi-weekly podcast that you have. Oh, yes. And, yes. And it is... <laughs> Fellow podcaster. <laughs> and it's a cannabis-infused advice yeah. podcast. Yeah. And I love it. We over here love the 420. Right. Hell yeah. It's, it's, it's a necessity. I don't know how people are not doing that these days, honestly. I'm like, how are you surviving the pandemic without weed? Uh, um, I yeah, mean, I mean... Facts. <laughs> Dear Jessamyn started because I like I've gotten messages from people asking questions about my lifestyle about especially things that I guess are a little bit less mainstream polyamory being one of them but last year um, I was in a scooter accident where both of my partners um, 
showed up for me and were taking care of me and finding ways to communicate with each other about it. And it was really inspiring to me. And so I showed it on my social and I got so many questions from people being like, just like asking questions about polyamory and like what it is and, and had more questions about their own lives that obviously like they didn't have anyone that they felt like they could talk to about it. And I started just responding to them via DM, via um, Instagram story. But then I was like, we've got to do so because obviously there are a lot of people that feel this way. And so the show bloomed from there and it is me and one of my partners who is also my producer. And we answer questions that we get from people about polyamory. And that, so the first season has been about polyamory, but the end, it's really about understanding that the people that like that yoga, this process of like learning about yourself and compassion, that we're really doing that through other people all the time. And that I have always felt like the most important yoga teachers in my life are my partners because they yeah. they hold up a mirror wherein I have to see myself. And so it's it's really about exploring this idea of the yoga of everyday life. And our um our last episode of the season actually came out today or our last we, we do two episodes for each topic. And mm -hmm. so um, the first episode of our last topic of this season came out today and the topic is about <clears throat> excuse me coming out to your parents and coming out it's poly more specifically and it's interesting because it is i mean it's national coming out day was the other day and so it's like yeah, right. it's interesting to reflect on all of that now but the next season is about interracial relationships and because my my partner that i do the show with is white and we are constantly having Oh my goodness. We, we are learning a lot. I'm learning a lot about my identity as a black person from being in partnership with a white person. Okay. And I think that it's something that I wish more people talked about and that I do think is a, a huge part of understanding the self. And so we're like super stoked to just like dive into this whole other realm. Oh, I can't wait to listen. Actually. Yes. That's yeah. so amazing. Hell yeah. <laughs> You're such an inspiration. I... Cool. I'm so glad that you were able to join us today. Yes. Thank you so thank much. Thank you for having me. Like, Truly this has been a marvelous Kiki. Yeah. And oh, yeah. inspirational so and relatable. And I really feel like it's going to touch people's hearts listening to this mm -hmm. episode. Truly. Well, I, I look forward to the next time that I'm looking at Jollis on TV and I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. So we're just, <laughs> we're just all friends. Okay, cool. Okay. Right. You so, know, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here, okay. And come back <laughs> and visit us anytime. Like, listen, I'm you're going to table we want to hear more i'm sure we'll probably talk more after november 3rd um mm. peace We're and blessings until then, together yeah. to leave the country or whatever <laughs> we're doing we'll talk literally <laughs> we can strategize on the next move right. <laughs> <laughs> y'all are such a blessing really thank you so much for having me thank you thank you, thank so you much. for love being you. here send you yeah. so much love same 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 the past four years have taught us the importance of showing up and speaking out. That's why for the upcoming 2020 election, we have to remember that love is love. Women's rights are human rights. No human is illegal. And black lives do matter. So turn up and vote this November 3rd. Be sure to register at VoteAmerica.com and request your absentee ballot if you can. 
Let's end 2020 on a positive note by showing up and making change. And welcome back. We have the co-host of Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. And you can check that out on Channel Q on Radio.com. Ryan Mitchell, welcome to Pride Podcast. Hey, Ryan. (laughs) What up, everyone? Hi, thank you for having me. This is so cool. I don't actually do a lot of podcasts, so I appreciate you for extending the invite. Yeah. Yes. I'm so glad to have you. Yeah. Thank you so much. And Ryan, so are you, where are you quarantining at? Or where are you located? So I'm in LA. Um, okay. And I'm in like Koreatown, but I don't know who yeah. listens to this. So I'm not giving exact address. Stay in that area. Me and Ashley both did. I would kill for some Korean Korean barbecue barbecue right now. Do you like have that all the time? No. Okay. So I've only had Korean barbecue once. And to be honest, it's wild. So when I moved here from Nashville, if you got food from a plaza, that meant like, oh, you're eating at low key, like a place that's probably not the clean, like the cleanest. But I right. here it's completely different where like the dirtier the spot, the better the food, right? It's kind Absolutely. of like, uh-huh. and so for me, I'm still getting used to that. But for me, mm-hmm. I think I eat a lot of Thai food. Like Thai food is like my life. I love Thai food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Thai food's delicious. Ashley and I ate at some K spot, Korean uh, barbecue spot in, I don't even know, it was some like plaza, yeah, some little strip mall. No, it was next strip. to like a tire changing And place. next to like a tax place. Like. Yeah. <laughs> and basically that shit was quiet. So good. It was so we good. ourselves. Yeah, okay, like, well, maybe we'll all go once this is all crazy and over. Yeah, well, that was that. that was my next point. We're definitely going to be meeting up and doing some brunches and going to some Korean we love barbecue brunch. and, I don't know, smoking a blunt. I don't know. But, yes, uh, yes, always, please. all of that. Um, so, Ryan, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you came to be, and just everything. We want to hear the tea. We want to hear all the tea. I mean, I'm really not that interesting. Um, but since nice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, so I'm, a, like I said, I'm originally from Nashville, Tennessee. I've been in Los Angeles for going on six years now, which is wild. Um, and when I first moved out here, I was working in the fashion world. I was like doing a lot of fashion PR. I, I, I was in New York for a while doing a lot of fashion PR for like designers like Betsy, um, Oh my God, I'm like Michael Kors and Betsy Johnson. Like and, Ross. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, what? The but um, Betsy Johnson, yeah, Betsy Johnson, I'm like actually high right now. But it was for, um, it was literally for like their New York Fashion Week event planning stuff that I would do a lot of times. And then I moved out here and I was working for a fashion magazine while also still serving and busting like and just hustling. And, mm-hmm. and then I started uh, diving into kind of like social media work where that ended up leading me to being on camera. And I was like fighting that because I just wasn't used to seeing one, anyone that looked like me. And they do. Um, just like, I don't know, I think people just were like, oh, you have the Southern charm and like, you're just good on camera. So get on there and do that. And so I started to do it, but then I was just fighting it. Um, and then I just ended up kind of building my own following somehow just by being on online and also working with like YouTubers and like them collaborating with them on in spaces. And like, um, I just somehow fell into the radio space with my co-host Shira Lazar, who you've all had on where we yes. were working together. And <laughs> yeah, we just ended up kind of bonding and like having a relationship and a friendship. Um, and we ended up 
getting this opportunity to do a radio show on the first queer nationally syndicated station ever. Um, and it was an opportunity where we do the afternoon drive. And so a lot of the stuff that I've kind of just done throughout my career has been a little bit of everything. So I can feel well-rounded. Um, but then also I've just never really said no to really good opportunities that have been presented to me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I remember when I first moved to New York, it was, I was told it was like, if somebody offers you something, say yes. <laughs> yes. It don't matter. Just say yes. Just say yes. Go. If you don't like it, you can leave. No, but for sure. Yes. Say yes. Sometimes with weed, and it wasn't good. <laughs> and we had to do what we had to do by trailing the streets to get ten dollars. Oh, you know, it was really stressful. Uh, now, but, look, I ain't going on the street just asking folks for random. Wait, 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 nobody wait, needs wait, to wait, hear wait, about wait, this. Wait, wait, upwards, but listen, wait. Wait. <laughs> us, listen, let me. That's clear. About that. We were not crawling the streets looking for weed. <laughs> I might have been going to the grocery store. <laughs> no, no, wait. We're going to cover my conversation. So, anyway. <laughs> we got the weed uh, in What have I got myself into? Right. Oh, my goodness. No, but I like what you were saying about, like, you know, creating, like, you created yourself from the, from the bottom. Now you're here. Mm -hmm. And it's great because people need to see that. And we were speaking with our guests before about representation, how somebody somewhere some little some person some little person's gonna see see you mm -hmm. doing your thing and be like okay i can do that i can, exactly. I can do that and i think it's just a, a wonderful beautiful thing that is now you know growing and people it's all about representation mm -hmm. we need to put, it matters yeah it's, it really does well yeah it, i think it, it matters a ton for me especially because i my i guess how i figured or saw myself in the future, I never would be thinking that I'd be sitting here behind a mic, like, or being this person that talks about things that matter from politics to, you know, giving my opinion about pop culture. I just never thought about that stuff, right? I used to get in trouble for talking too much in school. I would be told that I, I that's never going to be for me, right? Yeah, and then right. as someone who is a fat black queer person who stands firmly in believing and being authentic, that would have never been, uh, there would have never been a job for me. And so this sense in this space where I feel like mm -hmm. now um, I've been given this responsibility where I want to show up for people and show up for myself in ways and, and be comfortable with taking up space, right? Like not yeah, being, yeah. like feeling like I'm too small to take up space. Because to be honest, a lot of this really can bring up imposter syndrome for me. And like, sometimes I'm like, do I deserve it? Do I deserve to be in these spaces where I can be amplified? I don't know, but I'm just going to continue to do what I'm doing, right? You deserve yeah. a seat at the table. Very that. Mm, we all okay. do. We all do. One hundred. And I think we've suffered from that in the past. I know I have, especially mm -hmm. like when we were getting to host like LA Pride and stuff like that. It was like, what are we doing here? Like, yeah. Who cares what we have to say, you know? So, of course, that demon is always in the back of my mind. It's like, okay, thank you for that. We're going to, like, put that in a Bury box. that down. <laughs> but we're here, and we're going to make it work. Yeah. Okay. You know? I know somebody listening. Yeah. I know somebody listening. <laughs> somebody, somebody like it. it. Somebody want it. Somebody, <laughs> I, so. I really do hope so. I really yeah. hope. I, it's cuffing season, you it know? Is cuffing it season. is And Valentine's Day, I really would like someone to give me a sugar cookie. I mean, same, same, same. We all same. single up here. We are part of the Single Lovers Club. 
<laughs> We're going to okay. figure it out. So listen, Ryan, you talk about pop culture, you talk about politics and everything going on. So as you know, this is a huge year for us as Americans. Um, there's going to be, uh, there's gonna be some stupid shit happening November 3rd. I hope it's great shit, but it looks to be stupid so far. So what are your thoughts on everything going on? Let's kind of back up. What were your thoughts on the first presidential um, debate between the person in the White House now and Vice President Joe Biden? Um, I think for me, when I was watching it, I was uh, engulfed in like anxiety. I just didn't know what I was watching. I thought um, that if you think about the beginning of the uh, you know election season when we had all of these kind of diverse candidates running to be Democratic presidential nominee, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, and I think about now how we literally see two old white men arguing and wow. one is just telling lies and one is just like interrupting every five seconds and the other one is trying to get their point across. But then also, I feel like he is, oh, and I'm talking about Joe Biden. He is, oh, he was trying to calculate everything that was happening. And so for me, it, um, it was a lot. It was really a lot. Um, and I think right now we're in such a, a crucial time um, where if you're not even, you know, politically engaged or trying to learn about what's happening around you, it feels kind of like, you know, it's kind of a slap in the face, right? I think if November happened, November 4th happens and we get the wrong news, all of this, what we've seen, I'm just going to stamp as performative activism where everyone was just showing up and trying to make a lot of noise, but no one actually put it where, where their noise would count. And so um, my fingers are crossed. I talk about this all the time with my friends being like, we should be doing like a group zoom chat the night of and just like kind of have each other so just in case the news breaks where everything and all hell breaks loose we at least could come together as a community and i feel like that's super important for everyone that is like listening to do that because i think a lot of people are anxious about what is november 3rd going to look like what is november 4th going to look like the next yeah. day you know yeah. well so that's very important with that do you do you feel like you felt a little bit at ease when you saw the vice presidential debate between Kamala Harris and the current person in the White House person who's serving under him? How do you, I, I try not to say him second because it's kind of like, no, no, it's it's like, it's like, it's like Voldemort. I'm just yes. really, I feel like if I say it too many times, they'll appear. And I don't <laughs> we don't have time. It's, it's very Whoopi Goldberg when she doesn't say yes. Trump's name. On that, I, I, that. that was the honor that you said that. Honestly, I can burst into tears because I love Whoopi <laughs> Goldberg. You have no idea. You honestly have no idea. No. I can't take it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that because um, I'm obsessed with her as well. But I think to answer your question, um, I thought it was it was way better, but I also kind of have to say that you know a lot of people were critiquing it being like it was boring, but I think it obviously was boring compared to what we had just witnessed. Right. Um, and right, and Kamala Harris was so on point. I actually was such a fan of hers when she was actually running for president, and I really enjoyed what she was bringing to the table. And even, um, you know, she had to play it cool. And I was talking to the Washington Post earlier that day, and they were telling me that her team was, like, trying to make sure that she doesn't get stereotyped as the aggressive, angry Black woman, right? And mm -hmm. it sucks <laughs> that she even has to go through that and think about that in that process, but I thought she handled herself so 
classy and and Barry still had so much authority behind what she was saying. And it did feel better because I think Kamala Harris is able to articulate things a lot better and she's a great storyteller. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be honest, at the end of the day, I still don't know what to expect. <laughs> like, I, I, I think I'm just kind of sitting in a gray area where I'm just hoping for the best. And um, I think politics is just very overwhelming for a lot of people and especially the people around me. And I'm just hoping and I'm like praying yeah. that people don't um, get so overwhelmed that they tune out and they still show up. And I think numbers are kind of showing that with like early voting. We're starting to see that being 10 yeah. times more than 2016. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A friend of mine just went to early vote today, first day of early voting in Texas, and um, he had to wait over two hours. Wow. There were some in places waiting over 11 hours. Yeah, uh, they, in like they, Virginia. Yeah, they, they went there at because the polling places opened at six, and so they got there at four, and earlier they were like, we're still here. They were That's... like, and... and and then we have to watch out also, there's been reports in California. What do you think about the reports that there's been fake ballot boxes in California from Republicans <laughs> sending out fake ballot boxes in like highly democratic areas where they know the Democrats are more than likely gonna be voting for Joe and Kamala ticket. How do you feel about that? I think that's the scariest thing. I have my melon ballot sitting right here next to me waiting to be filled out. And I'm so nervous and I was already a little um, worried before because of all the news that was happening with the USPS and also just the melon ballot and all these things. Like I've always done melon ballots. Ever since I moved here, I've always done it. And Mm -hmm. I normally fill it out and then I'll just actually go on election day and turn it in to a a polling place. Like that's just for me being like, I got it. And then also I get like an actual sticker there as well um but it it was to hear that news and to see that happening one is not a shock because voter suppression is happening everywhere in this Mm -hmm. country and Mm -hmm. we're already seeing it like you mentioned in virginia we're seeing it in georgia we're probably going to see it in texas um we're going to most definitely see it in places where people of color are Mm -hmm. the large majority Mm -hmm. um and that's just what happens unfortunately and i think for me that made me even more worried that it's happening here in our backyard, right? Mm-hmm. And it's happening here in a place where people deem California to be this blue state when, honey, if only they knew that if you go down there to um, Orange County, they got the red hats just waiting. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You think it's a blue state, but if you cross up just maybe an hour up north, it's MAGA country. It yeah, for sure is. Good point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you see the blackish episode that they had about like the voting and everything? So they- I didn't I didn't watch it. No, I didn't watch it. Because to be honest, if no shade, but like I love blackish sometimes, but like I have to be in the mood to watch it. And I just haven't really been catching up with it. Like oh, I just I, I watch so much other television where that just literally I can agree with that. That's, like that's we high. all watch blackish, but Usually the episodes are rack up on our DVR and then we'll like binge them. Binge it, yes. It's a yeah, time. it's better to binge. Yes, I agree. All that'll carry it through. <laughs> right. We gotta have something to eat. That'll right, probably through. some mac and cheese. Yeah, yeah. Or Ooh, bread, yes. Y'all eat like that? Invite me over. Yeah. You know, well, you know we be cooking. You know from the south, you know everything is seasoned. Yes, I do know, and I miss that. Yeah, it's, it's not salt and pepper to taste. It's great, but I mean, you salt yeah. and pepper to taste. Pete Buttigieg is out <laughs> there. Good segue. Come on, segue. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> He's out there speaking the truth, uh-huh. spinning all the tea, uh-huh. just 
scalping Fox News pundits. Just he really oh, is. God, my wig. <laughs> it's so great to see. And like, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. In the beginning, I was like, I, I could vote for him. There are a couple things I was like, no, I don't know. But like. <laughs> For the most part, I liked what he had to say. And then especially now seeing after he's uh, on Fox News and I was just like, all right. Laying everything out. Yeah, laying it all out there. And he's like the biggest um, asset, I think, yeah. that Joe he, and Kamala have. He <laughs> is. I, will, I would agree with you there where he's like turning out to be like their biggest surrogate. Mm -hmm. um, but in the beginning, I was so conflicted with him. I was like, oh, this is just another white gay. Yeah. Um, not even really wanting to even showcase his queerness or even be adjacent to queerness, to be quite mm -hmm. honest. Right, so right. I was actually very critical of him um, during his time, but I've always loved how um, intelligent he was and like also charming. Yeah, but if you can't figure out you're like, you know, 10,000 person town in South Bend, Indiana, where you're having black issues, then how am I expecting you to handle systemic racism in this entire country? I don't know, sis. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was my issue. I was just like, uh, yeah, not for me. Don't I just liked how eloquent he was. Oh, was for like, sure. Oh. He's really good. at Some people are good at what he's doing. He I is. just think it's very and I was discussing it with the team, with you guys the other night. It's very interesting that we, right now we have a bunch of white people speaking about black issues. And if, oh, they, and if, uh -huh. and if they don't sit their white asses down, because listen, we want allies, but at the same time, I need you to like, I, I just don't like anyone deciding the future just as much as women don't want men deciding what to do with their bodies. I really am uncomfortable. That, and that's the one thing I took from um, the person who's in the White House and, uh, you know, Joe Biden speaking the other night, they were both talking about black issues. And I was like, I was like, honestly, I'm not feeling any, I mean, obviously not from, not from that person, but from Joe Biden too, I was just like, I mean, honestly, y'all are just two old white men just talking about things that you don't understand at all. And you're trying to say what you think everybody mm -hmm. wants to hear, yeah. but you so clearly don't actually care or know. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I have to agree, like, I think a lot of people feel this way, where, like, obviously Joe Biden wasn't their number one pick. Um, but I think we're also yeah. in a space, and I'm, I think he strategically picked, like, a Kamala to be his VP, because it makes sense. Smart. Like, she would he be, kept like, his word. Right, right. And then also, Smart. like, I think um, we're just in a space right now that, I just hope people ain't writing in Kanye West on the ballot because uh, he's on. Oh, my good lord! I, I hope not. <laughs> and I just don't have time. Our next for that. hot topic, <laughs> right? Because I was like, I I showed Darrell the other day. I was like, look at this fool. What what are you doing? Like, can somebody so please get Kanye? Somebody please just like, baby, 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 baby. What is you doing? Oh no. <laughs> Sit down. Yeah. Drink a juice, shell, but drink mm -hmm. a juice or something, because I can't. Like, I this is not what we sad. need. So well, sad. unfortunately, racist people look to people like Kanye, and they look to people like Stacey Dash, and they look to people like Candace Owens, and they say, oh, look, here are these Black people saying this, so, mm, mm -hmm. because they need a reason to okay their racist ways. And I think it's very upsetting that those people that I named can't see that like they're wrong and they can't see that they're hurting the cause. Um, it's, it's very, it's very upsetting. And it's even more upsetting that people from the rap community have stated like Chance the Rapper, for instance, who has a out and proud brother 
um, I don't understand why he's doing this, but he's like, oh, Kanye would be great to go for. So that to me is very, very weird. Yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> it's really, I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's the worst, especially when I remember being like a fan of Kanye and to see kind of where he is now, I would have never imagined. But to be honest, like at this point, I'm okay with like being like, I will never listen to his music again. Or, you know, especially when he started doing Sunday service, the, the Kojic inside of me was like, no, thank you. I'm not playing with that. <laughs> same, same. But, um, but I, I think, you know, seeing these black folks kind of come out as Republicans or black Republicans, it's interesting when you talk about like being your uh, proximity to whiteness and you feel like that is where you're supposed to be, right? And I think uh, even Lovecraft Country, I don't know if you guys watch it on HBO, but it's a great Oh, movie. we are yeah. all caught up, yes. <laughs> it's, it's such a great show at illustrating, so especially with the character Ruby, how that is also like, in spite of all of these monsters and everything around, how white supremacy and whiteness can be the biggest, scariest creature in yes. the world. And like, because you want to not have to deal with like, you know, the trials and are the, the, the being what it's called, quote unquote, being a black person in this country, you rather run towards whiteness or agree with whiteness in any form of any shape and just forget it because you want an easy lifestyle. You want to be able to smooth and coast. That's what we saw with Amarosa until she got kicked to the curb and she wanted to be black again. Uh, she, had to, she had to check her scan uh, at the speak door. On it. Um, so I mean, Candace Owens, they didn't even invite her to the Republican National Convention, so they don't even see her. They sure no, didn't. It's they such didn't. an embarrassment. I'm like, are you embarrassed <laughs> yes. yet? Yeah. Are you not embarrassed yet? Like, but if they're what? not embarrassed for their, look, it's like, if they're not embarrassed for themselves, then why should we be embarrassed for them? Like, girl? I guess, yeah. It's just like, go ahead and do you, boo. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Well, and you've already mentioned Whoopi Goldberg, who's one of our favorites. So, in. <laughs> Spirit of the view, I do want to do a rapid fire question round with you to Yes, end. I'm so, so I'm gonna give you a list of things and you just give me your thoughts on it as quick as you can. Okay. All right, first up, uh, the SCOTUS decision. How do you feel? Of Amy? Mm -hmm. No better Amy's and they're not white. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, Megan Thee Stallion and Tory Lanez, how do you feel? Oh, fuck him and he needs to be locked up. Yeah. Absolutely. Preach. Yeah. <laughs> and Offset, how do you feel? You know what? I'm happy that she got a new car and I hope she got some birthday dick, but please don't get back with him. Oh! 100. 100. Um, <laughs> AOC, how do you feel? Oh, I love her. I, I think she's great, but I sometimes worry um, that when you reach a certain status or a certain follower count that, and you're in the mainstream as like the one person of color that, that it doesn't allow for other voices who are also fighting to get the same amount of attention that she would get. Hopefully mm -hmm. that makes sense. All right. Well the said. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and Denise drama, how do you feel? <gasps> oh my God, Denise is lying. I was team Denise at first, but that bitch is lying. Her, <laughs> she she's definitely lying. And Garcelle slayed her first season. And I, I love I love all the white women. Absolutely. <laughs> I also really love Sutton too. I know people felt a certain way about Sutton, but I stand Sutton. 
Yeah, okay. and she grew on me. I was like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. In the I'm beginning, just... I was not a fan. Mm, yeah. I know. Like, I wasn't here because she was like crying at the drop of the hat, but she's right. Like, and she's like, amazing. who's Fenty? I'm like, okay. I, I do right. hear that they have an Asian housewife coming next season oh. who what? is ready to snatch everybody's wigs. That's a little bit of tea you heard from me, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta and Nene Leak's departure. How do you feel? Oh my God, it was time for Nene to go, but I'm sad to see her go. Um, but it was most definitely time for her to go because I think um, she didn't want to be there, but she needs to pay her bills. And so that's the reason why she was crying on Tamron Hall's show because she needs to come back. Hello. Real Housewives of Potomac, Candace and Monique's fight. How do you feel and how do you feel about the other women like kind of choosing their sides in this? Oh my God, that's a whole hour. Um, right. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to give you a little bit longer time to answer because that is very important. Mm -hmm. Okay, so one, I am so over Giselle, Wendy, and Robin. They are the worst. Um, I am, I really feel bad for Candace and I also really feel bad for Monique. Um, but yeah. Monique did not, she has no remorse in all honesty, even though at any point, if someone is really irritating you, I get it, but that never means that you should be throwing hands. And also when she didn't do anything, I think Moni just really wanted to fight. Uh-huh. Yeah. He was yeah. really in a mood to just box. Yes. Um, but I, I'm hoping that, especially after watching this last episode, I'm hoping that it doesn't get as far as like really being pressing charges. Like I'm hoping that's just the drama of it all. Because I don't think, right. Monique does not need that. And she is actually really, really good. And I don't want her to leave the show because of it. Right, right. I hear that. Because that and happens. also, Robin need to pay her damn bills and stop uh playing top tax fraud and shit. She <laughs> did. <'cause> she's, <laughs> she's deep in debt. Um, I don't she know. <laughs> kind of backing up to Atlanta real quick. What do you think about the rumor about the coke happening with the group of girls and then they're having sex with a stripper? And Ooh. tell me, it's delicious. All right, so. <laughs> And I can't wait. Actually, one of my friends is uh, one of the new cast men. Her, uh, her name is Latoya. Latoya mm -hmm. is, a, uh, is a friend of mine. And so she's one of like the new cast members. But um, I'm interested to seeing that play out because obviously if it is, rumors were that it was Portia and Tanya. Um, mm -hmm. If it is Portia, girl, we knew that. And you know, you always munching on the cat anyway. So that's not really right. shocker. Um, <laughs> Tanya, whatever her name is, I'm actually shocked because I thought she was married. But things happened and the stripper said he didn't do it. But who knows? I just I hope know. it doesn't diminish all the work that Portia Williams has done in the name of her grandfather, Jose Williams, and everything she's been. She's been arrested more times than the people <laughs> who killed Breonna Taylor. So <laughs> it's very upsetting. So I hope that that yeah. doesn't diminish that. I, I mean, it's just sex. Yeah, it's just right. sex. It, right. It, it, it'll look good. Um, yeah. the, I have two more well, for I you. She's single now. Right, that's true too. She's, she's not. She's no longer in the hot dog. Yeah, hey, exactly. Because no one cares about Dennis. He's and disgusting. my ring light went out. I'm sorry. That's why I'm over here getting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. I was there like it's very moody and just like shadow. I love to see it. So two more for you. One of them, Tommy Laren. How do you feel about her? Ooh. I don't know that mayonnaise. Move on. There you okay. go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then the last question, something really fun. How do you feel about the recent verses that's been going on? And what was your feelings on Brandy and Monica? And do you feel like they resolved anything in the end? Oh my God. Okay. I'm so happy you asked. I have actually, I've only enjoyed the women, to be quite honest. Like the guys are all boring, in my opinion. They mm -hmm. don't really do anything. And the, except for like Teddy Riley and like Babyface, like that was just uncles being uncles. And right. so that 
was really nice. But I loved Brandy and Monica. I felt like Mon- like they have never, they haven't spoken to each other in years and they decided to come back. And it was mm-hmm. giving very like, oh, I haven't seen you in 12 years, awkward energy. And Brandy's already right. very awkward. Um, and I think a lot of her jokes don't land because she is awkward. And I just love that about her. Um, but I'm hoping they have... I'm hoping they've like come together and like they're all good at this point because you know Gladys and uh, Patty told them they had to get together together. So I mean, at this point, yeah. the law is law. <laughs> that that is very true. Well, Ryan, thank you very much. I, I thank you for playing. Thank game. you for playing the game because <laughs> that is that is how we do it here. We love to like get the tea on everything that's going on in Hollywood when we can. You have to come back and visit us. Yes. Oh, I would love to. Whenever you want me back on, I hope I didn't ruin everything. Absolutely. You ruined what? Trash. Oh, the thing I wanted to ask. No, because <laughs> no, it's spooky season. So oh, I don't know if you're into Halloween. I feel like you probably are. A little bit, a little bit, you know. A little I, bit? Okay. I am, so I am about to start binging uh, Halloween Town, Halloween Town, because that's just my Disney. Oh, I love Halloween Town. I would okay. discuss with you later. You know what? I'm going to talk to you after the end of just this. Just get my number. Just get my number. It's cool. I'm going to get your number. We yes, have to yes, get it yes, because yes. I can't stand what they do with Halloween Town by the fourth one, but we'll talk about that. Right. Later. But I just wanted to ask, what's your favorite scary movie? Okay. So, I mean, Halloween Town is really high up there, but to be quite honest, I, I've never been, um, I've never been trick-or-treating. Um, and I only started, I only started dressing up when I was like in college and I was going to parties and I've, I'm the worst at costumes because oh, I, no. so honey, I would be a hallelujah night on, uh, uh, <laughs> on, uh on October 31st. I, I'm a PK, so I know. Right. And so, but now, I mean, I will say the most recent, actually, no, my favorite, ho- um, scary movie. The Conjuring, the first one. Ooh. That shook me to the core. You're shook my, me too. You're my baby because listen, I, I was in the scared. I was in the front of the theater yeah. shaking. We're, and I was, I was like, scared. Ooh, I don't scared get shit. it. I was, it was wild. unnerved. It was wild. From start I, to finish, I was unnerved. And I went to the midnight viewing of that with a friend of mine who would who wanted me to go because they knew I was not, I'm not like I'm a scary movie person, but it has to be the right scary movie. So like I'm about to watch that new Netflix show, the uh, Bly Manor or whatever. Oh, we started yeah, watching we started that last night. night. I'm gonna start watching it, and like even that feels a little intense. But you know, it'll be it'll be fun. It'll most definitely be a good time. Yeah, it'll, be, it. it'll be fun. Check check it out. <laughs> check it out. Check it out. Uh, <laughs> y'all are awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> sure I right. love it. You have to come back. Yeah, I would a- love to. Y'all are fabulous. Y'all are wonderful. Yes. And, and I just want to say I'm so proud of what y'all are cre- like what y'all have created and what y'all are creating. And I can't wait to come back when it's like fifty thousand episodes in the making. Like, oh, <laughs> thank you thank so, you so much. much. I can't wait. I I'm a fan. I am a very I'm a new fan. Yes. And have us on the Sheer and Ryan show, okay? Oh, yeah, come on. We can do that. We can make that happen. I ain't nothing. Yeah, <laughs> we'd love to. Because we can spill tea and get it popping. Uh-huh. I, I have to talk to you more about Denise because I love <laughs> Denise. Denise. Denise, listen. <laughs> 
I ride hard for Denise Ryan. You don't understand. I ride hard for her, but she lied. She and, lied. And Lisa Renna, I'm mad at too because but, Denise was looking for a friend and Lisa Renna was looking for a castmate. And I need... Yeah, I'm here for a, a check. I, I ain't need, trying to be friends. They need to figure that out because that's <laughs> Yeah, crazy. but I mean, Lisa didn't have nothing else going on, so she was doing what the show... And to be honest, the show really wouldn't have moved if Lisa didn't create that drama, right? It's true. Right. It's, it's true. true. From, from Munchausen to Munching on branded Lisa Renner has saved Beverly Hills House. All right, so, and on that note, <laughs> and that's how you do it. Thank you. <laughs> we love you, and we can't wait to talk to you more soon. I love you all. Y'all are wonderful. Oh, we love Thank it. You. Thank Bye, you, y'all. Okay, so, oh my God, Yo, I can't. I've like, never been so inspired. So inspired and just feeling like the good vibes and energy, like yeah, we were. I felt like we were talking to like old Judy's. Oh, we man. are. I mean, we definitely. You know, we're gonna do the Korean barbecue. We gonna do the brunch, mm. all of that. I mean, we gotta get our asses out to L.A. We right. Do. This, this is like another sign. <laughs> we got a lot of dates. Well, that and it's just like we, we just need to, We just gotta get out of New York. <laughs> New York is. I don't want to say dead. No, no don't New say York that. is not dead. New York is on hiatus. What is it on Sex and the City? She's like, oh, I'm so bored, I could just die. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. LA. Was, I'm but one LA. thing, but one thing I do appreciate is our uh, change of seasons. Yeah. Like at least we get that. Like so, Ryan's saying, it's like it's still 90 degrees here, and I'm mm-hmm. like, mm. well, we're going to. What's it? Not Poughkeepsie. Where are we going this it's weekend? It's called Pohog. Pohog, like Quayhog. Yeah, like Pohog. <laughs> I could use Quaylude. Anyway. No. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Barton. Barton's Orchards. Orchard. In upstate New York. We're going for our friend Corey's birthday. Hey, bim, 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 bim. Shout out to Corey. Friend it's of the his, it's Corey his love. Jesus year. We love Corey. Uh-huh. Shout out to him. I'm in my Jesus year right now. You are. You mm-hmm. are. You've always been God to me, honey. Oh, Darrell. Hey. I actually hate when I get so sentimental with her. Um, <laughs> just a note to all of our listeners out there. Please follow our guest tonight, Jessamine. My name is Jessamine on Instagram. And Ryan Mitchell on Instagram at the Slay God. Come on, NSG Slay God. N-S-G-A-W-D, darling. So definitely follow them both. They are great people. You heard everything they said tonight, and it's it's inspirational. It's I, I cannot. I mm-hmm. teared up in the middle of talking to them. It's so amazing. Thank you guys for joining us, talking to us tonight, listening yes, to us. I felt the inspiration. Black Lady Courtroom. Black Lady Courtroom. We love it. Thank you so much and stay tuned next Wednesday for an all new episode of Pod to Pride. Stay tuned next week for an all new episode of Pride to Podcast and I am Darrell Anthony. I'm Ashley Mitchell. And I'm Adam Andrew Rios. And I'm Mr. Brayden Bradley. <laughs> and we are signing off. Thank you so much. We love you all and go vote. Register now. <laughs>